Isn't it great to know we serve a great God? He's greater than your problems. He's greater than what's the matter. He's able to meet your needs according to His riches and glory. Our God is greater. The Lord is so good to us. He provides for us in so many different ways. Today, Pastor Edgar is not with us. He took some days off this week just to get away and some time alone. And he wasn't here this morning. He's going to be back tonight for our evening service and for practice time. And so we've been fortunate to have Greg Hutchins with us today to lead us in worship. And thank you, Greg, for leading us into the presence of the Lord. We do serve a great God. I also want to say thank you to our church people you are so gracious to your staff throughout the year. It seems like every other week, every other day, somebody wants to hug me. <laughs> Even though I don't like to be hugged, people still like to hug me. I don't know what that is. But I, I, I guess I'm grateful for that. I, I get encouraging war, cards throughout the year. And as a church, you're so good to your staff. And we appreciate it so very much. Last week... Your, uh, you gave us a gift for Pastor Appreciation Month, and, and we're grateful for that. But we're grateful for you, because the body of Christ uh, is stronger because you're in it. You see, we need each other. Everyone, each one of you, is significant. And we need one another, and I am grateful for you. During this interim period, we want to focus on two things. The presence of God and the purpose of God. For it is in His presence that His purpose is revealed to us. We want to be a people who consistently seek the Lord through prayer. The book of James instructs us to come near to God and He will come near to you. Are you spending time in prayer This would be a good week to take a day and to pray and fast. Our board is making important decisions on Tuesday night. Just in the process, we've got a long ways to go in seeking God's will for the next step for our church. Pray with our board members and with Dr. Roland as they consider God's direction for us. Come near to God and He will come near to you. We want, to peep, we want to seek the Lord through the study of His Word. Did you bring your Bible with you today? I want to encourage you to bring your Bible every single Sunday. We're going to study from the Word of God. Now, somebody last week said to me, Rex, I bring my Bible. It's an electronic version. It's in my iPhone or it's an electronic version of the Bible. And I read this week that 17% of you, when you come to church, your Bible of choice is an electronic version of the Bible. But he said to me, you know, I didn't realize it, but I don't take notes in this electronic version. And I used to take notes in my Bible. And maybe I'll start bringing my Bible again. We're going to study the Word of God. And you need a Bible. If you don't have one, we'll get you one. We have a whole drawer full of Bibles. But we want to make sure that you... Have a Bible because we will be studying the Word of God. Did you bring your Bibles with you? Will you quote with me this month's, this series, memory verse? 
that's found in John chapter 17, verses 17 and 18. Quote with me. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you have sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. Let's do that again. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you have sent them into the world, I have sent them into the world. It helps if the guy reading the scripture gets it right. (laughs) One out of two times is not bad, I think. It's in his presence that we are empowered and equipped by the Holy Spirit to fulfill his purpose to love God and our neighbor and to go and make disciples. Well, this week on Monday, we went over to Patrick and Tyler's house and Debbie was already there with the grandkids and we have three grandkids. They're beautiful grandchildren. As a matter of fact, they're probably the prettiest kids in church. Connor and Aubrey and now little Ella, who's a month old. Now, that's my granddaughter, Aubrey. Aubrey loves to run towards Grandpa. Grandpa! And put her arms around me and hug me, and I just, I just love it. I mean, she yells at the top of her lungs, Grandpa! And hugs me. Well, Debbie told the kids, when Grandpa arrives, you can open presents. They had to wait until I got there. And so I opened the door and Aubrey starts running towards me. And she's running as fast as she can. And she says, Grandpa. And two feet from from me, she stops exactly where she's at. And her eyes get real bright. And she says, we can open presents. (laughs) In that moment, Aubrey cared more about what I could give her than she cared about me. And that was okay. I'm a grandpa. (laughs) But I'm afraid that far too often we care more about the blessings of God than we do the presence of God. We focus more on what God can give us than on who God is. The great I am. The one who supplies all of our needs. The God who is greater. John 17 Verse 13, the scripture tells us that we are to pray for the full measure of his joy. That if we love the Lord, we'll be hated by the world. And that as the Lord prayed for us, he prayed for our protection from the evil one. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for the word of God. It speaks to us in powerful ways. I pray, Lord, as we go through these three verses, that you would speak to us through the text. That we would be reminded how much you love us. And how you desire to have a relationship with us. I pray, Lord, that we would have a full measure of your joy. That we would understand in this world, when we stand for the cause of Christ, the world will not understand it. And Lord, help us to lean upon you for protection from the evil one. And we pray this in your blessed name. Amen. John 17, verse 13. The scripture says, I am coming to you now, but I say these things while I am still in the world. I am coming to you now, but I speak these things out loud while I'm still with you. You see, Jesus is going to the Father. This was an overwhelming time for the followers of Christ. 
they have come to grips with the reality that Jesus was going to give his life for mankind and he was leaving them. They didn't know what their future looked like. And so they were holding on to every word from the Father. Jesus says, I am coming to you now, but I say these things while I am still in the world, so that they may have a full measure of my joy within them. You see, Jesus found joy in doing the will of the Father. We find that to be true in Hebrews chapter 2, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. Who for the joy set before him endured the cross. Christ died for you and for me. It was for the joy of your salvation. For my salvation that he endured the cross. It's hard for us to comprehend the pain and the sacrifice that Christ made for you and for me. But it was your face. A relationship with you that brought joy to him in the midst of his pain. But it's bigger than that. It's more than just doing the will of the Father. It is being all that God has created us, or God to be, Christ to be in this instance. John 17, 1 says, After, after Jesus said this, he looked toward heaven and prayed, Father, the hour has come. The hour has come for me to give my life for the redemption of mankind. Glorify your Son, that your Son may glorify you. You see, that was the purpose of Christ, was to glorify the Father. Our purpose in life is also to glorify the Father. You see, Jesus prayed that we might have a full measure of my joy within them. He wants us to understand what it means to glorify the Father. To live our lives in such a way that it glorifies our Heavenly Father. That we love Him so much that it's more important for us to glorify the Father than to have our own will. How many of you like Briar's ice cream? How many of you like Edie's ice cream? Let's go with Edie's. It's a Fort Wayne product. Okay. We like Edie's ice cream. What if I gave you a commandment? Eat Edie's ice cream. If you love ice cream, that's a great commandment. We always have ice cream in our house. We love ice cream. Matter of fact, we got gift certificates from the church, from DeBrands, and we've got caramel, dark chocolate, and light chocolate, and raspberry stuff to go over our ice We love ice cream in our house. And if I commanded Debbie to eat ice cream, it would be joy for her to eat the ice cream because she loves ice cream. A little bowl. But we eat it on a regular basis because we love ice cream. And it's joy to do that because we love ice cream. Because from love flows the joy of obedience. When we love our Heavenly Father, our desire is not to glorify ourselves, but to glorify the Father. You see, in this scripture, we begin to grasp what Jesus is saying to us. I'm coming to you now, but I say these things. I'm speaking out loud these things in the world so that they may have a full measure of my joy within them. 
Do you have a full measure of Christ's joy within you? Verse 13 says, I say these things. I speak these things. What are these things? You see, much of what the disciples were hearing at this time would be revealed to them after Christ's death and resurrection and the coming of the Holy Spirit. And so these things would be revealed to them as they waited upon the Lord. But I say these things. What are these things? Look at verse 3 of John 17. Now this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ. I speak these things, I say these things out loud. I desire that they have a full measure of my joy. How does that happen? It happens in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Accepting Christ as our Savior and Lord. And He changes our lives in such a way that our desire is to glorify the Father. And then and only then do we find that reason for which we are created and become all that God has created us to be. And we find a a glimmer of what it means to glorify the Father in this life. I say these things. I speak out loud. Now, this is eternal life, that they may know you. Do you know that God wants a personal relationship with you? Do you? That God loves you? That God desires this personal relationship with you? So much so that he died for you so that you might have life and have it to its full. Now, this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. These things I speak, that you may have my joy, a full measure of my joy within them. What are these things? Verse 4 of John 17. I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you have given me to do. I, I, I completed everything on the syllabus except for dying for mankind. And these things will be revealed to my followers. His followers had a greater understanding of who God was. And they began to grasp the attributes of God because of the example of Christ. What are these things? Verse 6 says, I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of this world. Christ makes it very clear that I and the Father are one. It sets Christianity apart from all other religions because Jesus himself was God. It's the only religion that claims that the Messiah or the leader is God. I have revealed you. The revelation of God has been given to them. Now this, I am coming to you now. But I say, I speak these things out out loud while I am still in the world, that they may have a full measure of my joy within them. What are these things? Verse 9 says, I pray for them. Think about that. Jesus prays for you. 1 John 2.1 tells us that Jesus speaks in our defense. 
Jesus prays for you. What are these things? These things would be revealed to them after the Holy Spirit came and, and their eyes would, they would begin to grasp all that this meant that Jesus was speaking to them in these days. That's why he told them to wait for the Holy Spirit to come. John sixteen thirteen says this, But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. These things. The disciples would share the joy of the Lord as they realized the security that was theirs in Christ Jesus. That the name of Jesus, there was power in that name. They would also have joy that would be communicated in acts of love and generosity as they lived out their faith. We find one of those stories found in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1. You see, when our lives are transformed by a holy God who loves us and cares for us, it is our desire to glorify the Father. 2 Corinthians 8, 1 says, And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given in Macedonia churches. In the midst of very severe trials, very difficult time of persecution, in the midst of severe trials, there's overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. Even though they faced great trials and great poverty, they were very generous because their desire was to glorify the Father. Are you generous with your time, your talent, your resources? Is your desire to serve the Lord that he might be glorified in all things? For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability, entirely on their own. They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in the service of the Lord. You see, when we allow Christ to get a hold of us, he becomes our number one priority. And our desire is then to glorify the Father. I'm coming to you now, but I say these things while I'm still in the world. I speak these things out loud so that they might have a full measure of my joy within them. Do you have a full measure of joy within you? When we serve the Lord, the world doesn't get it. Jesus was hated by the world. He told his disciples, you will also be hated by the world. Verse 14 of John 17 says, I have given them your word, and the world has hated them. For they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. Jesus is not suggesting that his followers do not possess homes or families or physical bodies or walk on this earth. He's describing the world in the context of, well, the world that has rebelled against God. And has chosen darkness Rather than light. Isaiah 5.20 describes this for us. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. Who put darkness for light and light for darkness. Who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes. And clever in their own sight. That kind of sums up our world today, doesn't it? Our culture. 
where everything that used to be known as true and right because it was based on Scripture is now suspect and is frequently considered to be wrong. And that which is wrong is now considered to be right. Our world has been turned upside down. Political correctness has turned our understanding upside down. The word tolerance used to mean to bear, to put up with someone or something not especially liked. Or I love and respect you, but I don't agree with you. That's how we used to interpret the word tolerance. But in this new world in which we live, tolerance is often described this way. All values, all beliefs, all lifestyles, all claims to truth are equal. Have you ever heard the phrase, that's wonderful if it's true for you, but it's not true for me? Have you ever heard that phrase? That's wonderful if it's true for you, but it's not true for me. You see, the Christian faith is centered on a person who said, I am the truth. Jesus did not say, I will speak true words to you, or I will tell you about the truth. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. In this culture where all values and all beliefs are considered equal, if you stand for Christ, you will stand against the values of this world. And so when you take a stand for Christ, you're in good company. When you say to your friends who are going to a party, I don't go to parties. And they want you to go because if you go, it eases their conscience. Don't buy into their worldly desires for you to go. But take a stand for Christ. Now, you may, in doing that, may offend your friend. But we have a choice. In this life, do we want to glorify the Father? Do we want to live for Christ? Do we want to serve Him with our lives? You see, if we serve Him, the world is not going to like some of our choices and some of our decisions because we become a reflection of Christ and it makes them uncomfortable. And yet Christ calls us to be a reflection of Him. To be like Christ. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them. Verse 15 of John 17. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. God himself protects us from the evil one. Satan is the prince of the air. He's like a roaring lion. He wants to throw darts at us. But God himself protects us. He gives us his full armor. He gives us the ability to stand strong against the adversary, the devil. And God himself will protect you. The truth is, when Jesus died on the cross, when he died on the cross, he said, it is finished. And when he said, it is finished, the curtain in the temple that separated the Holy of Holies from that outer part of the temple, that curtain was ripped in two. Allowing us access to God. And we now can enter into His presence. But not only did He say, it is finished, but then when He was raised the third day, He defeated Satan, hell, and the grave. And our adversary is a defeated foe. And we are the redeemed. He can tempt us. He can throw fiery darts at us. He can try to, to persuade us. 
to give up on the faith. But God has given us all that we need for life and godliness. And Satan, while he is powerful, he is a defeated foe. And he has no power over those who claim the name of Jesus. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. The kind of Christianity that secludes itself in a monastery or covenant convent is contrary to the teachings of Christ. I'm sure there's places for uh, for that, and they do many more things than just seclude themselves. But if we seclude ourselves, that is not the end in itself. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them. You see, we are to have an influence on our world for the cause of Christ. There are times when we need to get away and spend time with the Lord and shut the world out and go on a retreat and and focus in on the things of God. But we cannot do that always. Christ did that often. He got away for times of prayer and seclusion so that he could find strength from the Father. But we're not to be, we're to be in the world and not of the world. Our goal is not to be extracted from the world, but to be a force for Christ in the world. And our Father, God himself, my prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you will protect them from the evil one. Now, I went to a high school that was divided between junior high and senior high. How many went to a junior high? Actually, it wasn't middle school, but you went to a junior high. Praise the Lord. (laughs) Seventh through ninth grade was junior high, and 10th, 11th, and 12th grade was senior high. And in my freshman year, ninth grade year, um, they allowed me to compete in gymnastics at the high school level. So I would walk every day from the junior high to the high school. Now, I was the smallest and youngest kid in ninth grade. There was one other guy that was close to my size, but we were both little guys. He was the safety on the football team, and I was the gymnast. And I would walk from high school, from the junior high to the high school. And every day, as I was walking to the high school to go practice gymnastics, this guy by the name of Eric Anderson, he would walk from the high school to, the, to home. And we would pass each other every day. And every day he would say, hi, Rex. I used to have a dog named Rex. Every day. Well, the point of the story is this. I I was this little guy. I was the youngest and one of the smallest in the school. And then I went up to the high school. And, of course, I was overwhelmed because everybody was much bigger than me. When I competed, I had to have help getting up to the high bar in order to compete in the competition. So I was this little guy. Even though I would win in gymnastics, I was still this little guy. And it was an exciting time for me. But because I was little, people would have a tendency to pick on you because you're small. But, you know, I never really worried about that because my brother was big. (laughs) They called me little person. And my brother, who was three years older, was big person. And I knew that if I had any problems with anybody, I could tell my big brother. And they knew that if I had any problems with anybody, that my big brother had my back. 
Now, there was never any problems like that. But I knew that my brother cared for me, would watch after me. And yet his ability to care for me pales in comparison to God's ability to care for me. And God's ability to care for you. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. Do you have a full measure of his joy? Do you understand what it means to have a relationship with God who desires to have a relationship with you? He died for you so that you might have that. Do you know what it means to have the Lord himself be your advocate? To speak in your defense? To have the protection and the care when we face the evil one from God the Father? We're going to sing a song. It could be in this room that there's someone today that has not accepted Jesus Christ. And your life is far from glorifying the Father. For one reason or another, you've gone astray. And your life is not where you want it to be. And today you want to say, today is the day of salvation. And I give my heart and my life to Christ. Because I don't want to live the rest of my life for me. There's something bigger than all that. I want to live my life for the Savior. For God who created me. Who loves me. Who wants the very best for me. Well, today can be the day of salvation for you. A beginning of a journey of faith. In the first service, we had a woman who prayed in the office with Pastor Vicki Frederick. And God is in, our, in, this, in, our, in the midst of us. If the Holy Spirit speaks to you, we encourage you to come. Let's stand and sing together.